0: Hey, this is Wyatt, Student Ministries Pastor at Alderwood Community Church. Thanks for tuning in to our online messages. We're in a series right now on the life of David. Now he was a man after God's own heart. We're praying that this series will help you to examine your heart as you seek to live as an everyday follower of Jesus. Enjoy. Uh,
1: a man after God's own heart. And and when I think about my own son, when I think about Travis, sometimes I look at Travis and he will do things, and I say, "That's my boy," or "That's a boy after his daddy's heart," right? And I say things like that when I see him just like chowing down on meat, because uh, my son is a carnivore, and uh, and I see this little three-year-old boy, and when he does things that remind me of me, I say things like, "That's a boy after my own heart," that's my boy. Right? And, and there's some pride in that when I say it. And we're going to be studying after, uh, David's life. And as we look at David's life, I think the question we have to ask, because this is something that if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've probably heard David, a man after God's own heart. It's like what he's known for. And so why is he known that way? Well, as we're studying his life, we're going to see his ups and downs. Because we're not, when I say ups and downs, I mean his triumphs and his tragedies. We're going to see his failures and his successes, and they are many in both categories. David is a far from perfect person to study, which is why I think I resonate with David, because there are times where I feel like, yeah, I am killing it right now for God. And in my relationship with Jesus, things are great. And then there are times where I'm like, man, God must look at me and be like, seriously, that's my kid? And I think that David kind of embodies that for us, but yet still, with all his many failings, he's still called a man after God's own heart. Through it all, though, he's given that description. Through everything that he's done, he's given that description. And then we see here, in Acts, okay, the early church, the, the book of Acts, Luke is writing this book, and he's, he's basically even the history of what's happening in the early church, and this is what he says. He says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. Talking about Israel. God testified concerning him, David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, why though? What is it about him? Well, was it his charisma? I mean, David was a likable dude. Was it... Uh, Was it that he had social standing as the king? Was it because he was important? Uh, Was it because of his rugged good looks? We don't know if he was good looking. I think he was probably good looking, right? All right. But what is it? Well, if you notice, there's a dot, 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 right? Which means there's a continuation. I cut you guys off because here's how it ends. Why? He will do everything I want him to. To do. Didn't mean he didn't mess up. But it was how he handled those things. That David was willing to bend in all situations to what God would have him do. His response to both tragedy and triumph and failure and success was to follow after the heart of God. So as we go through this series and we look at David's life, his ups and downs, his triumphs and his his tragedies, his, his successes and his failures the thing that we're going to ask you guys to do is do some introspection. Whether you're in sixth grade or a senior in high school or even a leader, a small group leader in this ministry, or even for myself and Wyatt, the thing that we have to do each week is we look at this and say, David was described as a man after God's own heart. And as we describe why that is each week, I think the question that you need to begin asking yourself is, as I follow Jesus, would God describe me as somebody who is after his own heart. Guys, we're going to spend the next uh, couple months looking over the life of David, and I hope that it's a, a series where you can look inside yourself and ask this question about who you are. Am I following Jesus with all I am? Not that I'm perfect, because David wasn't. But would God look at me with a sense of pride and say, that is a man or woman after my own heart?
0: Amen. I'm excited about this series, you guys, um, and that's the heart that I want. That's the heart I want for you. Uh, I'm going to talk about a challenge we have for you guys this year, and as I do that, uh, here's my question for you guys. Do you guys have any goals for this year? When you think about your, uh, your, the year that you have ahead of you as you're going to graduate, this, this grade that you just are starting now, it's going to be over in just nine months. Uh, do you have any goals? Is there anybody here who is going to try out for a sports team this year? Anybody going to do that? Some of you are not sure. You're like, "Mm -hmm, I don't know. Some of you, anybody going to play in a musical group this year? Going to sing? Going to play an instrument? Um, Anybody going to plan on getting a 4.0 this year? (laughs) That's a little bit touchy. Okay, so some of you. Uh, are gifted in different areas, okay? Some of you have athletic gifts, and some of you guys have academic gifts, and some of you don't, and you're the ones who really thought that was funny. Um, and some of you just have all kinds of things going on, but my, my question is, what is your goal? Like, what, where do you see yourself at the end of this year? Uh, do you want to be the person who's playing for varsity? Do you want to just make the team? Do you want to be the person who's first chair violin or whatever that is? Uh, what are you going to do about it is my question, like if you have this goal, this mindset, this idea of, of where you're going to be, what are you going to do today starting this week to make it happen? Uh, I, I really want to be a good guitar player, you guys. Uh, I don't know if you know that about me. Uh, you're, some of you are laughing because you know I'm not that musical. But I actually own a beautiful guitar, uh, an expensive, beautiful guitar. It's actually hanging on the wall in my office at home right now. Uh, I, I've bought, uh, I bought guitar books that teach you how to play. Um, I've actually gone through and, and taken a lot of my favorite songs and I've printed them off with, with chords on them and put them in my guitar case. Uh, I, I've actually talked with people that are really good about playing guitar and asked advice. Man, what does it take? How do you, how do you get good at it? Uh, but you know what? I'm not very good at playing guitar. And the reason is because as much as it sounds great to me, and I really want it to be true, as much as I've actually invested money into it, as much as I've actually talked to people who are experts at it, I've actually never done the basics. I've never made it a commitment to every day sit down with my guitar and play, even when I don't want to, even when it doesn't seem like I have time to commit to actually doing it. And as a result, I suck. And it's true. You're not going to see me up here playing guitar this year, okay? So... My question for you this year is one of your goals to grow in your relationship with God. When you're done with this year, do you want to look back and say, I am closer to Jesus now than I was when this year started? And as much as maybe that sounds like a good idea, And if you're here this morning, I hope that maybe that's something that's even just a little bit intriguing to you. Like, I'd love to know God more. I'd love to feel closer with Jesus. I'd love to look more like Jesus at the end of this year than I do right now. I hope that sounds like a good idea, but my question is, what are you going to do about it? And are you actually willing to do the basics? We've been talking a lot about this year, what do we want to challenge you guys to do? And here's what it is. Basically, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, we're going to challenge you to do the basics. And it's really simple. Let's put it up on the screen. So one, two, three. Three things that I want you guys to memorize. I want you guys to commit to this year. And this is what it's going to take if you want to be growing in your relationship with God. And the first thing is that you need to be spending time with God with one focus. You need to have time in your life where you're only focused on one thing, and that is God. That is growing in your relationship with God, where you're not distracted by a million things going on. We're, we're going to come back to that in just a second. The second thing is you're going to do two practices. Uh, some people call these spiritual disciplines. Okay? And, and here's what they are. It's that you're going to spend 10 minutes reading your Bible and 10 minutes praying with God. And you're going to do that three days a week. All right? Three days, three times per week. One focus, two practices, three times a week. This is the basics. This is what it looks like for you to grow in your relationship with God. And I want to challenge each and every one of you to do this. Now, it is the basics. This is not, uh, this is not my goal that you might reach one day. This is actually where to start. And maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I actually read my Bible every day. I'm going to stop now and only do it three days a week. And that's not, that's not the point, okay? There's much more that, that, that you could do, but this is just the bare minimum. If you're somebody who says, I, I want to grow, I want to be more like Christ, I, I want my relationship with God to, to be better than it is right now, this is the starting point. Um, and, and you guys, I think there's a reason we put that one focus up there at the top. It is so hard to have one focus. So hard to be, to be in a place where you're able to totally think only about God and what God has to say to you through the scriptures, to pray, to to give God your heart and to not be distracted. Uh, Who has a a smartphone in this room? Can you guys take out your smartphone if you have it? Um, I love this thing, you guys. If if you've seen me preach, you know I preach from my iPad. Uh, My my study Bible is on my iPad. I love it. Uh, I I use my phone all the time. It's it's an incredible gift of God. Okay, I mean that. Um, But... The other thing that this phone is, is a constant source of distraction. If you have a phone on, what you are saying is that you are reachable by anyone who knows you at any point. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. But sitting here in this room with your phone on, anyone who knows you is able to get your attention. Not just in this room, but from anywhere in the world. They can physically, in a, in a sense, in your pocket, say, hey, stop doing what you're doing and start doing what I want you to do at any point. A text message come in, uh, Instagram can update you that somebody's posted and they haven't posted in a long time, you might, your Twitter account might grab your attention, somebody might Snapchat you, uh, somebody might actually call you, I don't know that, that happens anymore, but it could. Um, and, and here's the thing, I think most of us, if we're honest, we never are shut off from that. Even when we're in a room by ourselves in the quiet of our own house, even when we go to open our Bible at a coffee shop and there's no one else that we know around, even when we want to spend time praying to God and talking with him, we're distracted because things do come in. You get notifications, you get texted, Uh, somebody uh, wants your attention and they're able to get it. I've seen... How many of us sit here in a message on Wednesday night or on church on Sunday morning with your Bible on your phone, which is an incredible thing, uh, listening to a message, trying to hear what God says for you, and then something comes in, and you click on it, and now suddenly you're on Instagram instead of paying attention, and it's just like so easy, and so here's what we're going to do, and this is something that I've committed to, and that I want to invite you guys into as well, and uh, in order to help us with this, I want you guys to do this at home, we're going to do it on Sunday mornings when we're together, we're going to start a new spiritual discipline, a spiritual discipline, by the way, is just something that says it's, it's a practice you do. It's something you do regularly for the purpose of growing in your relationship with God. So prayer is a spiritual discipline. Reading your Bible is a spiritual discipline. But here's a new one we're inventing. We're going to try it all together. Okay, It's called the spiritual discipline of airplane mode. Okay, Irenaeus talks about this a little bit in his institutes, I think. But um, the spiritual – nobody got that. Uh, the, the spiritual discipline of airplane mode. Okay, And here's, here's what I mean. We're going to say we want to be focused on God totally – when we're doing that, when we're praying, when we're reading our Bible, when we're here in small group, I'm not saying burn your phone. It's an awesome thing. Don't do that. Don't go get rid of it. I'm not saying don't read your Bible on your phone. I'm not saying don't study the Bible on your phone. I'm just saying when you're going to say I want God to be my focus right now, we are going to practice the spiritual discipline of turning everything else off. Okay? So I want you to do this. At home, when you're going to spend time with God so you can be totally focused. And I want you to do it in your small group when you're here so you can be totally focused. And so together, we're going to practice it right now. It's going to be a little bit painful for some of you. That's okay. Take out your phone. If you're on an iPhone, swipe up from the bottom. That picture of an airplane, click on that thing. Boom. Spiritual discipline of airplane mode. Okay? Just sit in it for a second. I know it's hard. Hey, this is a silly thing. Um... But I want you guys to pay attention to actually how different it is from the way you live your lives most of the time. To actually how, how hard it is at times to not be able to pull up the internet or Google or to text someone or whatever, to actually be totally focused on what we're doing. Uh, we're going to do it together. I'm excited this year. God's doing some great things. It's a, it's a great time to be involved in ASM, you guys. We, we've baptized 40 ASM students in the last two months, which I'm really excited about. Um, if you've if you've been here, you've seen God do incredible things, you guys. Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes our lives. Jesus changes our friends. Jesus changes this group. God is doing incredible things, and I can't promise you that you're going to have some miraculous moment where the heavens open up and, and, and you just feel like everything is totally changed forever. That's happened for some of you here. I can't promise you that that's going to happen this year. But what I can promise you is that God wants to know you and God wants you to know him. And if you just commit to the basics, you're going to grow in your relationship with God. Take it to the bank. It is a slam dunk. It is a promise. God reveals himself to us through scripture. And so if you want to grow, let's do it together. Let's commit to the basics. All right. Here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to break you guys off into small groups, and you guys just have five minutes, okay? You're going you're gonna to hang out. You're going to introduce yourselves. If you have a new leader, you're going to catch up in the summer if you want to. But really what you're going to do is you're just going to pray for this year together as a small group. Um, and, and when you guys are done praying, you are dismissed. Kids, you can go to the main service. Your parents are going to come in here. Uh, don't mess up the chairs in here too bad. If you move them, you got to move them back because the parents are coming in to use these chairs right here. Uh, middle school, you guys are going to head down to the cellar. Um, I want all the ninth graders, where are my ninth graders at? We're all going to hang out. Uh, we're going to go to W200, okay? So ninth graders go up to W200. Uh, high school, other than ninth grade, you guys can hang out right here. Uh, hang out, meet new people, pray together that God would change us this year, uh, and then you guys are gone, and we'll see you on Wednesday. All right, Wednesday right here. See you guys.